Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I don't know if our next guest is considered the king of pain or not, but uh, when Robin Brownlee was the writer with the Edmonton Sun, he uh, once uh, termed Jason Smith as the guy that had the uh, pain threshold of a cadaver. Uh, Jason Smith was the captain on the 2006 Oiler playoff run team. Yesterday, he was named the associate coach uh, working with Mark Lamb in a place where I worked seven summers in Prince George, British Columbia. And uh, we just had Rolly on the show for the last hour. We're pleased to have former Oilers captain uh, Jason Smith join us right now. Uh, Jason, how are you doing? Doing very well. Very well. Congratulations on your new gig. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I'm uh, really looking forward to the opportunity and uh, get up there with Prince George and work with uh, with Mark Lamb and, and the ownership group there, which includes uh, Eric Brewer. It's going to be real exciting. I think uh, we got a real good group of young guys and looking forward to helping some young guys get better and uh, have some success. Well, it's interesting because uh, Prince George, and I watch these sort of things, as you know, uh, uh, they had a couple of the top picks in the uh, WHL Bantam draft, and, and they ended up getting those kids signed. And it's 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 been a little bit of a challenge over the years trying to get kids to commit and play there. There's some guys that swear by it. I know Eric Hunter uh, was the captain up there for a number of years, and he played at the University of Alberta. He was a Rangers pick. He loved Prince George. Uh, it's, uh, I, it's, a, it's a special country up there. It's a little bit, it's, frankly, it's a little bit more like Alberta than the, the lower mainland is. So I've always had a lot of time. Have you had a, have you had a chance to spend any time up there before, Jason? I haven't spent a lot of time other than uh, the past couple of years when uh, when I was working in Kelowna and we'd get up there. and We'd normally go up there and play a doubleheader, so it would be, you know, three or four days up there. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you can always find things to do. And, uh, you know, the weather is, it's winter. It's uh it's a good Canadian city up north. I mean, you got to expect uh, expect winter and and some snow, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of quality people, and uh, everywhere we went, uh, we treated uh, the visiting team very well, which is which is is going to be great to be a part of the home team and get treated well. I might have to come up there and see you guys. Uh, I haven't been up there since I did the actually I did the Royal Bank Cup uh, for TSN up there in. in 2001, and that was the last time I was up in Prince George. Jason Smith joining us, former Edmonton Oilers captain. We just did our Legends of the Game series, and Jason, we didn't know that uh, until yesterday that this thing was going to get worked out with Prince George, so thank you for joining us on short notice. Uh, Dwayne Rollison was effusive in his praise of your leadership, and um, talked, uh, and you know, I, I've had Guys that have gone on to win Stanley Cups uh, that you uh, oversaw in Philadelphia say the same thing, just in terms of, you know, leaders can be lots of different. You weren't necessarily a raw, raw guy, but you were a guy that, uh, 
to my knowledge, you you care you know you cared about all your players, and you checked in on your guys all the time. And I, I guess it does show you that there's there are different ways to lead both on and off the ice, aren't there, Jason? Oh, for sure. I think you've got you've got players that are you know elite talents that that can lead by by example and and carry a team that way. And you've got other guys that you know maybe are a mix of the raw raw type guy and and a quality player and then you know i've got guys that are are your foot soldiers that lead by you know caring about your teammates uh being supportive in all situations being a good teammate and you know kind of putting it all out of their line doing what you can to help your team have success i think uh you know, over the years, I really learned, you know, being around some quality people from from the Kenny Danicos and the Scott Stevens, and seeing guys like Jamie McCowan and and uh, whether it's Matt Sundin or or Ty Domi in Toronto, how how you interact and and spend time with whether it's a first year player or a guy that's been in the league for a long time, it's important that there's even keel in the room and and that guys treat each other with with respect and i think that was something that i tried to to bring forward as as the captain in edmonton and and just you know make sure that it was a group in in harmony i think you're always going to have issues and situations that you go through as, as a team but you know if everybody has the same goal and has a trust and a belief in in each other that uh, no matter what you deal with, uh, you'll come out the other side, all right? Uh, the other thing I think today, you can't be judgmental, can you? Like, you got to be open. Like, you know, some guys, hey, let's face it, boys are going to be boys. Like, you know, a lot of players like to they like to run. That's all good. You know, I can tell you if, if I had somehow overcome my genetics and, you know, played eight or 900 games in the NHL, I would have had a pretty good time in my early 20s. But uh, as would 90% of the guys listening to the show, most of who probably did. But you don't want to, you know, you can't pontificate in that situation as an older player. That's what one of the guys said to me that he played with you in Philly. I'll just leave him nameless, but he just said, like, he came in to our team and we were in a little bit of a vacuum for leadership and he provided us with that. And, he, you know, he talked about commitment and toughness and, and playing through injuries and those sort of things, but he never judged anybody for, you know, how they lived their life. And he said, guys on that team really appreciated that. And I think that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, no, I think that's that's something that uh, you know as you as you grow older and, and learn, and I think especially more and more now, you've got so much so much difference in where guys are brought up and how the how their structure, their families are, and their beliefs at home. That you know you really have to be open to you know supporting everybody. And you know over the years when I was a captain, I I wanted the guys to have fun. If we had an opportunity to go out and you know, hang out together, whether it was 10 guys or two guys or four guys or six guys, you know, and if we had an opportunity to go out as a whole group, um, you know, we wanted to be together, have fun together, and the next day at the rink when we had practice or a workout, you better be ready to work and put the time in, and and uh, that's that's what was very important, I think. You know, the guys in Philly were, were a young group of guys that, that liked to have fun, but you know, I mean, the work ethic that those guys put in and how their games grew and got better and became elite players and were a really good team for, for a stretch of years was, you know, a credit to the young guys being able to go out and have fun, living together, playing together, but also coming to the rink and working together and putting uh, putting the time and energy and effort and the commitment that it takes to, to be a good team in that league. They were willing to do that, which, 
which is all you can ask of, of uh, anybody, I guess, in, in any profession. If you come to work and do things that are that are positive for the company you're working for, you're uh, you're positive for the group. Jason Smith, who's uh, joining Mark Lamb uh, up in Prince George. He's the associate coach uh, uh, for the uh, Cougars. Uh, Jason, we had uh, Dwayne on uh, talking about the 2006 playoff run, and you know we got his perspective when he came to the team as captain of your team. What were your what were your guys' feelings with the leadership core and the team at the time when Kevin Lowe you know gave up a first round draft choice to bring bring Dwayne in? Well, I think we were. We were a team that had, you know, been playing and doing things better, but we just weren't quite, you know, getting the complete game or maybe the big save at the right time. But when Dwayne came in, I think it he really elevated our play in that we got big saves, and then the opportunities that um, whether it was uh, whether it was Juice or Ty Conklin got to play, we played with a little more confidence and a little more belief in. In, in our, our game. And I think, you know, through that stretch, it, it didn't matter who was in the net, but the confidence that he brought, his work ethic, it just, I think he brought a calmness, uh, you know, that being an experienced guy brings. I think you, you cannot take away um, experience at that league and come, come pressure situation time. I think it's, it's something you need to learn and, and learn how to deal with you know, the stuff at the rink as well as away the rink, the media, pressure from family. And if, if you got somebody that's dealing with that properly, uh, you know, it's somebody that everybody's on board with. With all due respect to Doug Wade or Ryan Smith, from the time that Mark Messier got traded to the Rangers until Chris Pronger arrived, Chris was the best player that Edmonton had had during that stretch. Um, he's a really smart guy. Uh, and he's got a unique personality. You played with him. Did you ever have like was he as talented of, of a of a defense partner as you've ever played with? Oh, I think for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, when I was really young, I got an opportunity to play with you know Scotty Stevens, and then I played some with Scotty Niedermeyer, and you know oh, I think well, those, those guys were pretty good too. But you know the thing about those elite players that are elite defensemen, um, prongs included, I think your your Nick Lidstrom's. Your, your guys like that that have been really good for a long period of time in, in that league is they see the game so well they 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 see plays ahead of, ahead of ahead of what everybody else sees them they're defending they have great sticks um, they're thinking what the forward is thinking before the forward's thinking it and they shut down plays and none of those guys broke a sweat when they played they could play thirty minutes a night and were so efficient and all skated so well that it was it was easy for them to play large minutes. Well, not not easy for them, but it, they made it look easy because they understood the game so well. They were hockey IQ elite and and skill elite, and you know I think that's that's something that's a credit to you know the players that become superstars in that league are are the best of the best for sure. When did you guys start to believe? Was it Game Five against Detroit when you win there and take the three-two lead, or was there a sense that? You could go on a run, or was it all sort of? It depended on the series of the time. Like, give me a sense of where that was at. You know, I, I think you know we went into Detroit and we lose Game One, and we played a pretty good game. But you know, we made a few mistakes, and and you know, we end up losing. But I think 
we just had a confidence about us. The the way we were playing was, um, you know, a complete game. I think you can look at how how the Blues rolled through the playoffs this year. You know, they had some ups and downs and some games where they didn't necessarily win or maybe play as well as they would have liked, but they kept their they kept their swagger, their confidence, and you know, that was something that was a part of that group. Was we had a belief and and you know a trust in in the in the process and the steps along the way that if we if we kept with our compete kept with our work ethic our our elite players would would bring us along and and then we had you know guys like fernando step up and score a bunch of goals and, you know we had there were some of the role guys that were, were huge contributors you know as as the, as, the, as the playoffs rolled on that that you need to have to 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 be able to make it to the finals how sick were you in game five against anaheim Oh, probably as sick as I've ever been. I guess. I mean, there was I, no way you weren't going to play. But no, I. You know what? I think I, I, I'd actually kind of made the turn and had started to feel feel a little bit better. But you know, I mean, it wasn't pretty between periods. We'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was. Uh, it was. I think I had the mindset when I played. I think um, you know whether it was from when I was growing up. You know, my parents or. You know, my my aunts and uncles or my grandparents, they it always pushed me to, you know, if you can contribute and compete and bring what you can to your group or your team or to your schoolwork or to whatever you were doing, why wouldn't you want to go out there and do it? It's something that, you know, I had a passion for, 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 for playing. I mean, you're playing a game greatest game in the world and uh, earning a living do it and I thought I owed it by myself and I owed it to my teammates if I could go out and play I wanted to play uh, Roley gets hurt how proud were you with how Markkinen battled throughout the I mean you guys had a tough game too to me that was the the game that kind of lost you the series I know everybody looks at game one but I, I you know game two just didn't have it but I mean you guys battled as hard as you one bounce in game seven you had to be pretty proud of how your entire group but maybe specifically for Markkinen just given the fact that he hadn't played much uh, at all through the first three rounds of the playoffs well I think I mean it's a credit to, to the group that you know, being in a situation we were, how we, you know, we rose to the occasion. And, you know, that, that series could have been over in four games, by the way, the first two games went. And, yeah. you know, we uh, we rallied and we competed and we battled. And, and you know, Juice stepped forward. He, uh, he hadn't played a lot, but he was a confident in his ability. And uh, you know, we, were, we were playing good hockey where we were limiting the amount of, 10 star saves he had to make but when 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 they did get a great opportunity he made some great saves for us and and allowed us to battle back and get in the you know really get back in the series and you know he he was obviously a huge part of you know just getting to game seven was was a lot there's a lot of focus on him for sure all right, and I'm going to make you laugh to end. I grew up playing against Mark Tenorti. Uh, Mark's from Red Deer. Nobody went near him on his side of the ice. He was a bad ass. He was a bad. He was huge at an early age. You kind of got noticed around the league for stepping up and going rock'em sock'em robots. Did you did you know how tough he was when you went after him? Oh yeah, no, I hadn't been around the league long enough, and, and uh, you know, not that I not that I did research on who. Who I wasn't uh, I wasn't a guy that 
had the stats on guys or which way they threw hands or what they did before before I played. But I knew Mark was a tough man, uh, obviously a great player. I mean, uh, you don't play as long as he did and, and uh, have the penalty minutes and the points if, if you're not a good player and a big contributor. And, you know, that's just a battle, I think. You know, I, I uh, many a times could, uh, could get in a fight in hockey and uh, say thanks to the guy because, you know what, whether it was whether I win, win, lose, or draw, you know, I was trying to do something to help my team gain some momentum or stand up for a teammate. And, you know, that's, that's something that I really enjoy about hockey is, you know what, a good fight once in a while is great for everybody. It's good for your team, it's good for the fans, and it's probably good for the other team as well. Awesome stuff. Jason, uh, we wish you the best of luck up in Prince George. We'll reach out to you and Mark down the road, okay? For sure. Thanks for having me. Take care. You bet. That's Jason Smith, former Edmonton Oilers captain. Brandon, you got to tweet out a link to that fight between uh, Jason Smith and Mark Tenorti. I mean, that was old school. It was it was a punch in the face contest. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on six thirty. Chad, it's one fifty three in Edmonton. Hello, Milan. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now along with Brendan Escott, an extended form today of our Legend Series. On Thursdays, what we're going to do is we're going to sort of go with themes. And uh, last Thursday, we had Tom and Selmian, the Oilers' new COO. This Thursday, which is tomorrow, a little bit of self-indulgence, I guess, on my part, but we'll have a former Oilers assistant, Head coach at the University of Alberta, Ian Herbers, and GM of the Golden Bears program, Stan Marple, in. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the legacy of Claire Drake. And at uh, various times on Thursdays over the next several weeks, uh, we're going to do an Oil Kings theme one day. And uh, we're going to do an entire Oilers week as well. Uh, hey, the show's called Oilers Now, but where we have people come in and uh, do some studio stuff coming up, but that's going to be a little bit later on during the course of the summer. I might have a surprise for you coming up on the ownership front as well. That's all I'm going to say, but maybe not what you think. So maybe expect the unexpected. You're going to open Pandora's box with that one, Bob. Yeah. Just wait for the Twitter Twitter feed. Well. Anyhow, all right, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. We'll get to a couple texts in a second. I'm going to tell you, Royal Pizza, 50 years, Edmonton-owned and operated, pizza pasta, and so much more. Stop for recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To this day in Oilers history, here's Brendan Escott. I will tell you that not much has happened on this day in Oilers history. But back in 2011, the Oilers re-signed defenseman Taylor Chorney and Ryan O'Mara to uh, one-year contracts. Chorney bounced between the NHL and the AHL with stops in Pittsburgh, Washington, Columbus before heading overseas to Switzerland. O'Mara only played seven more games for the Oilers, went overseas, and then came back to actually finish his career with the Stony Creek Generals. All right. Uh, I wanted the Oilers to take Chris Russell over Taylor Chorney. I had that conversation. Uh, at that time in that draft year with Scott Housen. Um, as for Ryan O'Mara, I'll be the first to admit I thought he'd be a better NHL player after seeing him play in the World Juniors. Footwork, speed, quickness. What did we discuss at the end of yesterday's show about the Oilers addressing a need on the farm? 
We said they would get that taken care of. It's now been taken care of. Anthony Peluso, who uh, did he fight Lucic last season? I, I thought maybe maybe they ended up having a. a I know Peluso was up for the Flames for he certainly played one game against uh, Edmonton during the year. Uh, Anthony Peluso has been signed to an American League deal, not an NHL deal, an AHL deal for Anthony Peluso. Uh, the orders also confirming a report that was previously out of, or not the orders, but the Bakersfield Condors, uh, that Vincent DeHarnay has signed an AHL deal as well. The orders right now are at 49 contracts. Really, they're at 47 uh, because Broberg's will be a non-counter because he'll be playing back in Europe. And I, uh, we fully expect uh, the young goaltender, whose dad's the assistant or the, the second goalie coach in the organization. Olivier Rodrigue. <laughs> there we go. I'm getting old. There you go. Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, they're, they'll both not be counting, so it'll be 47. I, I don't know if the others might. Maybe they go to 48. Maybe. But trade might be the more likely scenario. When? We'll see. Tonight, Reed Wilkins is on with Inside Sports. Scott Red Deer Rebels play-by-play voice Cam Moon and head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, Ian Herbert. Okay, why does he do that? Can we not work on this to have a little bit better communication? Seriously. Come on. Uh, two great guys tonight on Reed's show. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Followed by the 6.30 Chad afternoon news with Jalen and I back at you tomorrow on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.